Hi, and welcome to Classical Stuff You Should Know, a podcast about classical education, old books, old poems, sometimes some art, and just like learning philosophy. If you listened to our last episode, we talked a lot about free will and God and stuff. Uh, anyway, uh, this is what we do. My name is Graham Donaldson, and I am joined with my uh, co-partners in co-partners. learning. Co-partners, that's interesting. Uh, Isn't that redundant? Yeah, aren't all partners like co? That's so interesting. Yeah, great point. Okay. I'm joined by my co's, uh, AJ <laughs> <That's> and <me. laughs> Thomas Magby. Hello. And um, we're going back to the beginning, back to the beginning of history. I want to know... I want to know what love is, Megby, and I want you to show me. Beginning of history, are we talking about like the size of the Big Bang? Is that where we're? Yeah, we're saying? going all the way back. Wait, what do you? What do I you don't know. Is Herodotus is like the first historian, right? Yeah, he doesn't have a lot to say about love. We have some unfortunate romantic relationships mm. in this episode okay. we'll go through right now. Yes, this is, I think, technically part four in the series of Herodotus, but this is on chapter three or book three rather. So that's we're off to a good start there. So how many books we got? How, we, how much are we talking about? Nine here? of them. Nine books? Yeah. And we're in episode four of three books? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Tell so me every, how you really feel. <laughs> every four episodes we do three books? Every, oh wait, no. Well, we're on the third book, and this is our fourth episode. Yeah, yeah. So, so like every four one. episodes we've got three books done. Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. All right, so we're gonna be only take forever. Here for a while. Yeah, ex- well. <laughs> <laughs> the, just to be clear, the goal is to be here forever, right? The podcast is supposed to keep going on and on. That's just like, like tw- twelve my episodes. episodes. Yes, that would I be did the math. Who who do we pass the podcast down to? Oh, that's a great question. Who would is there like a mantle, a prophetic mantle? Well, that obviously, would be my children, right? Well, yeah. we would we would take the uh, yeah. foreigners for freedom medal for, for yeah, yeah. you. That was and from then last hand episode. To, Thank you. Yeah, hand it to somebody There's, else. There would have to be some sort of like trials that they yes. would have to endure, right? In, endure some sort is the of right like, word. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what you have some in oh mind? Oh my goodness, we need apprentices. What are we doing? That's exactly right. What are we doing? Speaking of what are we doing today, <laughs> the answer is Herodotus. Nailed it. So the some things that we've talked about, I guess we should probably start with uh, like a recap of the series. So for you current listener going through this, you know, it's been a couple, maybe I think a month and a half since our last Herodotus episode. So we'll do an update, but to people in the distant future who are definitely listening to the series, you just listened to part three or whatever. So welcome back. So this series on Herodotus, we're going through the landmark Herodotus, which is a specific translation. It's by Robert Strassler. If you want more information on him, go back to episode one, but he, I believe on his, author page. It calls him an unaffiliated scholar, which means that he doesn't work for a university. He was a successful business guy. You can do that? It's what we do. What, oh. do, you, what do you mean? Are we unaffiliated scholars? Or not? If, well, you two are affiliated with Veritas, you, but I don't think that counts. You're an unaffiliated, uh, unaffiliated scholar. scholar. Thomas, how's it, tell me about it. It feels incredible, except I don't have the ability to translate Greek <laughs> like Strassler. So oh. I'm, a, I'm a hack fraud is what that means. So Robert Strassler is the guy who is in charge. Uh, he's the editor over the series. Of The series is called Landmark, and there are many books that fall under that. There's We have the Herodotus histories, which we're talking about now. Thucydides is a part of this. Something I haven't said that I probably should is that their most recent, or his, the, the Landmark most recent translation is the Landmark Caesar, Julius Caesar. And so that came out in 2019, which is cool. But also about a third of the book is only available online. It's not included in the book itself. Basically he put together all of the things he wanted to put in the book and it was too many pages. And the publisher was like, we can't do, you know, a 2000 page book. So a bunch of stuff is available for free online. If you're interested, you can just Google and find it. But yes, he also gave a really good Google 
talk in, I think they're called Google Talk, Google Tech Talk. I don't know what it is. Anyway, he gave a talk in 2018 about the launch of the uh, landmark Caesar, and it's very good. So cool. if you want to hear Strassler talk, you should go listen to that. Oh, man. Missed opportunity. What? TikToks. Like well, TED Talks. Oh. Think about it. I'm thinking about it. Wouldn't that just be stealing the intellectual property of TikTok? Like the no, no. Like, why not have a section of TikTok that's devoted to oh, like good sorry. lectures? I, I thought you're. Maybe that's not what TikTok is all about. Maybe I'm just <laughs> misunderstanding the platform. Could you tell me how much time you spend on TikTok, please? <laughs> Zero. Yeah, okay, good. Good answer. You've passed the test. That's probably not true. We're probably on TikTok without even realizing it. What we probably mean? are. We probably TikTok. walked by our students doing some dance. Oh, in the so halls. Actually, yeah. <laughs> I would love. To I do dance out. a lot in the halls. Okay. So I'd love to find out that you're actually like the looking cinder. like disdainfully in the yes. background, like, yes. oh, what are you doing? Uh, uh, that you're in the background of some video with yeah. like three million views or yeah. something. Yeah. So listener, if you found that, please let us know. Oh, please don't. We could actually. be memes and not even know it. We probably are memes, right? That has to be true. It's amazing. Oh yeah. Okay. What a world. What a world. What an we age live we live in. What an age. Okay. So speaking of peanut gallery and rabbit trails, uh, so we are going to be going through chapter or book three of Herodotus, which I'll dive into before we do. Can we, well. Before we do, we should do a background uh, or just a recap of where we are with Herodotus. Before before we do that, I just want to say I was recently looking through our episodes and, you know, the Herodotus part one episode is doing like really, really well, which is great. If you are interested in history, the series you should be listening to is Graham's series on the Plantagenets. And I don't know why that's not our number one most downloaded episode. So if you could please just go to your podcast, whatever, and search Plantagenets in there. Stop making a funny face. Why are you, why are you re-upping our old episodes? Because it's a great episode oh. and like it should be the one that everyone has listened. So on YouTube, it's our most popular episode, but among like our podcast listens, it's not. And I think if you enjoy anything about Herodotus, you will much prefer like the Plantagenet series is the better version mm-hmm. of what we're going through right now. So please go listen to that. And then I also AJ's series on the poetic Eddas is like kind of in the same thing of telling historical st- or not. They're kind of historical far more stories. silliness. Yeah, I know, but it's like yeah. a really entertaining set of stories. So anyway. Please go listen to those if you have not, and maybe you have already. Okay, where are we right now with Herodotus? So we've done two books of Herodotus. What are kind of the high points that have gotten us to this place right here? I know we did Egypt. Egypt was most recent. So mm-hmm. we, we spent this whole hour talking about how Herodotus got a lot of stuff wrong about Egypt. He had these weird things about crocodiles maybe. having no, horns. They built the pyramids with sticks. But built the pyramids with sticks and something about crocodiles I mean, not having tongues, I think. I mean, prove, prove I'm wrong about prove the stick thing. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't. I literally can't do it. I'm going <laughs> to invent a time machine to do it. I'm going to invent a time machine out of sticks to prove to you that how the pyramids were. We'll save it for the conspiracy Wasn't theories. the one <laughs> before that, I remember some kings, there was Croesus. Yeah, we had Croesus in, the, in book one. So we kind of charted the beginning of this like Talking about Greece doesn't really make any sense. They have more localized people groups. Right. So yeah, we talked about Lydia was that first region we talked through, and that kicked off with Croesus. Croesus is then defeated by Cyrus, and the story kind of moves to Cyrus and tells his upbringing. Right. And then and Cyrus the virus was he? He wasn't the pea kid. He he was was the he pea was kid. the pea kid. Okay, yes, yeah, so, yeah, I think Cyrus. that's right. Uh, Cyrus was the pea kid, and but he had a vision about a future king who we're going to get to eventually in this book right now. Oh, good. So there was another vision about, I forget if it was like an angel or something, but there was like a, a vision of some celestial being with two wings that covered all of Europe and Asia. And I'm remembering, I'm doing this from memory, so I'm sure I'm getting this wrong. But one of them was for one king and one of them was for King Darius, who we'll get to at the end of this episode. We won't oh, start the Mede? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, you know about Darius? I just know the name, Darius oh, the Mede. Okay. Um, so we will... Sounds like an anime character. The mead part of it? No, it's just Darius. Um, 
Now I'm wanting to make. I almost it. guarantee you, there's a there's a brand of mead called <laughs> Darius the. Can someone please find that for us? Someone found already found for us the Helios beer, so that we yeah, definitely for find. sending that. That, that was, was pretty awesome. great. I mean, we didn't get to drink it, but correct. It was they just empty cans, and we have an unwrapping video that I still have not posted to YouTube. So get over it. I'll do it eventually. Okay, so um, let's dive in for book three. So we just finished up book two talking about Egypt and it was, I I said at the end of the episode and I still stand by, if you're actually going to go through Herodotus, read a summary of book two. It's not worth the 70 pages to go into because most of what the translator notes are about is how wrong Herodotus is about everything that he talks about. So you'll just be frustrated alongside the translator if you do that. And the only reason that Herodotus has this section about Egypt is to set up this next conflict with the the Persians, the group of people we were talking about before. So if you all remember a long time ago, at the end of book one, Cyrus died. So there was this conflict. Cyrus was expanding his borders. He came against a, a group of people who either would let him go onto their land and they would fight there, or they would come onto his land and fight on his land. And uh, Cyrus was advised by Croesus, who's still in the picture, to go and invade their land and to fight, and this ends up going really poorly, and Cyrus dies. So that's and the Croesus was saved by from being on the pyre, right? Yes. That guy? Yeah. Cre- li- oh, man. Croesus was like the original king that we talked, and he's yep. still in the story, actually, as we go through book three. So he's been around for a long time at this point. To the We've talked before, Herodotus is kind of this mixture of things that actually happened with myth, and Croesus falls very much in that myth category, because I... You know, I forget the exact number, but we're like 60 years past when he was king after he'd already been king for, I think, 20 years or something like that. Have you seen that, like, internet meme about history where it's like modern historians are the is like the angry guy going like, you know, I've spent like 6,000 pages talking about the history of French bread prices to in order to like talk about the, uh, the money that was used for the, for this French war, but maybe it's not really a fully complete picture. And then the ancient historian is like the Chad guy saying like, this totally happened because my cousin had a dream about it and told me about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> which we'll And this it. is the way it happened. And that's everything <laughs> accurate. Yes. And that's everything about Herodotus is it's, you know, you'll have prophecies and visions and dreams and they come up over and over again. It's the same way in Plutarch's lives, right? It really, it's yeah. like, this guy said this and this guy said this. Ah, one of them's right. And then he just moves on. <laughs> and keeps yeah. going, yeah. It, yeah. The funny part is that the translator for the landmark Herodotus frequently like repeats over and over again that later Herodotus will say something to the effect of dreams are just like indigestion that the body is working out. But reading the story itself at this point, the, you know, the thing about pee covering the entire continent of Asia, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, it's a prophecy. Go listen to the previous episodes. They take very seriously. It's, it's not a prophecy that's going to happen. It's a it's prophecy already that already happens. <laughs> so if our listeners living in Turkey, like, don't worry. Yeah, getting nervous <laughs> about this right now. Okay. So that gets, so we're kicking off with this book three. We've done this aside to Egypt, and then we come back to our main story around uh, the lineage of Cyrus. So Cyrus has died, and taking his place is Cambyses. So Cambyses is one of the sons of Cyrus, and mm. um, Cambyses... Uh, is continuing with the conquest that Cyrus had had started off. Oh, so he just keeps on trucking. Yeah, I mean, hundred percent. A lot of times, sons are like, "I'm not going to do what my dad did." And um, they... no, not not like this. And we had some of this in the Egypt section, but there's there seems to be this kind of drive for doing better than your parents. So, mm-hmm. the one that they told in the Egypt section was about wanting to build b- bigger and bigger pyramids than your father to like show that you actually did even better than he did. 
So we kick off with this comp with Cambyses coming into control of um, the of what Cyrus had owned before, and he his like first conflict that he has is against Egypt. So like literally book three opens with, it was against this Amasis that Cambyses, son of Cyrus, was preparing to wage war. So again, literally the entire point of book two is to set up one name, which would then open book three, and it's actually a really quick story. So please don't read book two. That's all I'm trying to say to you over and over again. So Herodotus is wanting to answer the question of why Cambyses started with Egypt. Why did he go there before he could have conquered anywhere? He could have avenged his father by going off uh, after the people who killed his father. He doesn't do that. He goes after the people of Egypt. Can you think about what are some reasons that would stoke uh, a military conquest from, from, a, from a leader? What would, what would do that? Why would you go to war against Egypt? Yeah, why if they're rich. Yeah, so money would be a good option. Anyways. If they had sassed you or messed with a girl you liked? Uh, see, that, AJ, I'm glad you went there because that's exactly what happened. So Cambyses comes into power. He is trying to amass his prestige, amass, uh, I guess, wealth as a part of it, but kind of through more political means of allying himself with people. And part of that is through marriage. would be like one way to align your interest with someone. So I got married. <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. Great. So Cambyses asks Amasis for one of his, Amasis's daughters to come and marry Cambyses. And Amasis, you know, there's that uncertainty at the beginning of whether Cambyses will be successful or not in his conquest, whether he will be as great as Cyrus, who literally is Cyrus the Great, or is he <laughs> going to be Cambyses the not-so-great, right? You just don't know. And so Amasis wants to... Cambyses the passable. Yeah, he's like, okay, right? Yeah. You know, uh, Cambyses the, we graded on a curve, right? Just might mess <laughs> up, doesn't quite do it. So uh, Amasis, <laughs> instead of sending one of his daughters, sends another um, another woman, uh, you know, a beautiful woman, but not actually one of his daughters. Oh, and Cambyses is like deeply offended by this. And so he sets out to avenge this like disrespect of his honor by going after Egypt. So that's the inciting incident. How does he find out that it's not she the tells daughter? Him. Oh, she's like, I'm not related yeah, to that I think guy. He, and I forget. I think he's just like talking with her and she's like, no, I'm not. I'm not actually one of the one of uh, his kids. Um, there's yeah, there's more to it. Yeah. Anyway, there, there's another. Was account. she even related? Was she like a mother-in-law? I don't think that's right. I don't think that they're related at all. Um, so there's request. But um, yeah, there's more in here. But no, the, the short of it is no. This, this is not someone who's related to Amasis. And so you got to throw down now. Yeah. At that point. Obviously. Um, Sire, you have no idea how you've been duped by Amasis. He decked me out in, that's what the translation says, I swear. He decked me out in finery and sent me off to you on the pretense that he has given up his own daughter, when in reality I'm the daughter of Apris, his former master, whom he murdered when the Egyptians revolted. So it's even worse. He's like getting rid of a political rival almost. So Cambyses finds this out very quickly. There's another account given, but, you know, we'll just what go with to that. her. We know? Nothing. Oh. Should just go. He's. I don't think he's mad at her because she. No, didn't no. But he's like this. marry her and be like, let's. let's he'll eventually burn have these mothers of, down. He'll eventually have a lot of wives, and it doesn't really go sure. into. Uh, there, we'll talk about one of them later who comes back into it, but it's not. Um, I don't think she's mentioned again in the story. Well, I like to think she started her own business. That's exactly right, and she. Would do you want to say what the business was? Glassware. Yeah, she started a glassware business. Yep, that's that's how I know. Her, did she say what her name was? I don't think she did. Anyway, okay. So that's what kicks off this conflict with Egypt. So Cambyses then goes and attacks Egypt. And um, ultimately, this war 
takes a long time. And instead of Cambyses getting to have the revenge he wants by actually killing Amasis, Amasis dies of old age. So that's kind of, <laughs> I know, it's, isn't that such a bummer? <laughs> so he tried his best. Did he at least celebrate and throw a party? And he's like, ah, we showed that guy. Sure and got people him. were like, yeah. Well, that of. didn't end the conflict because. <laughs> oh, it didn't? No, no, because he still wants to like capture the land, which was like, that's what Cyrus. You're pot committed at that point. Yeah, at that point for sure. <laughs> so uh, Amasis dies of old age and his son, um, Samenitos, I, I was joking before that I'm just I'm I'm just going to butcher everyone's name, and I've made this preface in every one of these episodes so far. But I'm just so sorry to everyone who knows better than I do how to say these names. Okay, so anyway, Samenitos, the son of Amasis, takes over in Egypt, and there's conflict, and they fight back and forth, but ultimately Cambyses prevails. So Cambyses tr- uh, captures Samenitos and um, is happy about that. Right, he you know he he won the con he won the battle, and he wants to then get back at Egypt for what they've done to, you know the disrespect they showed him early on, and Semenitos had only been king for six months I think he it was not a very long time, um, so he wanted to find a way to disgrace them, so he puts them all out in front of uh, just uh, in, out in front of Memphis I think is the town, Memphis and. Egypt just to be okay cool mm-hmm. so they're all set outside of the town and Cambyses marches by all the you know a bunch of people to try and get at Semenitos to get this reaction out of him he wants to insult him he wants to break him down so he has one of Semenitos's daughters walk by dressed like a slave carrying a jug of water along with um, other daughters of eminent men and Semenitos he, keep, he keeps a step a stiff upper lip he kind of holds it all together and he doesn't react to being, you know, seeing his daughter carted off in front of him to be led into slavery. And Cambyses knows this. And so he, he ups the game instead of it being one of the daughters being sent off to slavery. He has one of Semenitos's sons brought out and kills the son in front of Semenitos. And Semenitos doesn't respond. He keeps that. He keeps it all to himself. He keeps his emotions under control and is able to kind of withstand the temptation, you know, withstand despair, withstand showing any emotion. And then um, uh, there's a, a third person who's passed by, and Cambyses doesn't really, like, necessarily plan it this way. It's just everyone's getting kicked out of the city who had any connections with the previous king. And one of those people is an old drinking buddy of Semenitos. And once, uh, when the young man had gone by, it happened, and it just happened, that an elderly man passed them, one of Semenitos' former drinking companions, who had lost his property and was now a pauper, possessing nothing except whatever alms he could beg from the army. And as Semenitos, son of Amasis, and the other Egyptians were sitting in front of the entrance, the man walked past, Semenitos saw him, and that's what caused him to burst into a flood of tears. He called out to his friend by name, he beat himself on his head. And Cambyses is there, and he's, he's seeing this, and he's like, I orchestrated, I wanted to break you with the other two. I didn't expect this to be the thing that would get to you. He must have hated his kids. <laughs> it could have been that. Seriously, like those kids must have been just the worst. You think so? She's getting carted off into slavery, and he's like, whew, that'll save me a few dollars. And then his <laughs> kid gets killed, and he's like, man, that kid was a failure uh-huh. anyway. And then this one, but then once he sees this other guy, he's like, ah, oh, but I actually liked that guy. Joseph. Yeah. Uh-huh. Those, yeah. those drinking buddy bonds run deep. And Graham, I think that's closer to it. Uh, son of Cyrus, this is Semenitos talking. It's like, no, maybe like with your boy, you see your boy killed, you'd be like, yeah, I raised him to like, you know, 
tough it out. Like right. we'll, honor will be poured on him. Yeah. And the daughter, I don't know, but that one's pretty sad. Uh, well, but to sad, see her like buddy, like his buddy. property taken. Yes. And he's your old drinking buddy. He didn't hurt anybody. He wasn't in the game. And that's the thing that the children were. They're in the game. They knew that if if he's deposed as king, this is kind of what happens, right? Uh, so son of Cyrus, my family's misfortunes were too horrible for me to weep over, but the grief of my friend was worthy of my tears. He has fallen from great prosperity into the life of a beggar just as he arrives at the threshold of old age. So it's also the side mm. of it that the other two are younger. There's no telling what the future, well, the son is dead, so there's that. But there's, a, you know, there's some, for the daughter at least, you know, no telling what the future will bring. Probably not great, but just as, anyway. But the friend, this is his old age. This is, he had been rich and successful, and then instead of living a life of ease in his final days, he's... Yeah. Still kind of messed up, though. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> there will be another messed up event that I think mirrors this, which is why I'm even uh, going through the whole story right now. But I, I just think it's interesting that the thing that breaks him isn't the death of his children or the punishment to his children. It's a friend of his. And mm-hmm. part of it, I think, Graham, is what you get at of he kind of knew what was going to happen for his kids. That was not unexpected. But to see someone he had known for a long time, a close friend, have that happen to him um, was more unexpected. So Cambyses takes over. He's, you know, having a field day, punishing Semenitos, the former king. And he then also finds the body of Amasis. So remember, Amasis had died already. Semenitos had taken over, admittedly only for a few months. And Cambyses finds the body and starts mutilating the body, starts hacking it to pieces, cutting, you know, cutting it up just to get back again. It's he was dishonored in the first place and he's going to take it out if not on Amasis, on his body, which... This guy doesn't seem like a fun fellow to hang out with. He is not a fun fellow to hang out with. We, you know, it's been a long time since we've talked about him, but you might remember Cyrus the Great. The, yeah, you know, he's not father. so great anymore, and your kid's this, a loser. It, 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 ah, this is so good. So would Cyrus have acted this way? Like when we, the stories we told about Cyrus, were any of them at this level? No, right. Cyrus was magnanimous. Yes. That's the whole That's the whole sort of mythos about him. Yeah, because yeah, he, he saves uh, what's his Croesus. Croesus, Croesus off the yeah. funeral pyre. He, mm-hmm. you know, integrates his armies with all these different nations. And you, I think you've also read the Xenophon mm-hmm. um, Cyrus as well, which really paints him as a hero, mm-hmm. right? Does it? Do they talk about his son at all? Actually, in Xenophon, I don't think so. Okay, so th- yes, th- this sets up for us early on that there's something, at least there's something up with Cambyses. Of yeah, the military conquest is understandable. Um, and, but the way he's going about it is different than even Cyrus was liberating people who were oppressed by others. He was, you know, liberating um, slaves, and as opposed to Cambyses, is conquering to grow his wealth, grow his personal empire. Yeah, people were like excited to be conquered by Cyrus. Yes, it, which then Cambyses is kind of taking advantage of mm. by he, he uses those people to get back at a guy who sent a beautiful yeah. woman who wasn't his daughter. It's like, well. I understand it was disrespectful, but it's different than an uprising of people who are oppressed or whatever. Okay. Um, there, yeah. So that, so that is what happens with Cambyses when he gets into Memphis and uh, goes after Amasis. So with the conquest of Egypt, then that kind of kicks off, you know, Cambyses has to figure out what to do next. So he sets off three expeditions, three campaigns to go after different groups of people. He has one campaign against the Carthaginians. He has one that go against the Ammonians and one that go against the Ethiopians. So the, the campaign that he sends off to Carthage, his troops just won't go. 
the Carthaginians are close enough to the, the, uh, like the, again, Cambyses' army is made up of lots of different people groups. That's the whole thing Cyrus accomplished. But the Carthaginians are close enough, closely enough related to the people fighting for Cambyses that they won't go. It's, you know, asking them to go fight their cousins, essentially. And so they just refuse to even do it in the first place. Um, we'll, just because it's the short one, the third one, the last one is against the um, Ammonians. And they go off to fight the, you know, the Ammonians and they're, um, they're all killed almost instantly by a sandstorm. They're out in the <laughs> desert. I know. They're out in the desert. Love the that song. Sandstorm. And the Ammonians are like... Whew. Yeah, that was a lucky, one. Yeah, for lucky sure. one. So that one does not go very well. So we're, we're like 0 for 2 at this point on his like next campaigns. And then the the third one, in in the order that Herodotus lays it out, it's the second one, but he sends off some spies to Ethiopia because he wants to find out if he's even able to conquer Ethiopia in the first place. So he sends these spies, and as you might expect for kind of like a warmongering guy like Cambyses. He doesn't really have spies. He has warriors. He doesn't really have spies. And so he sends these people to Ethiopia and they're immediately found out. It's not even like he just sends them. They're trying to like work their way in and everyone's like, you're a spy, aren't you? So and, they're like having a beer and they're like, what would you say are your defensive capabilities? Yeah. <laughs> That's really suspicious. And, uh, I don't know. I just want to get a Like, I just been looking to tour some, uh, some armament yeah. factories. Uh, you guys have any of those around here? Yeah. I mean, it's not even, <laughs> it's, it's like within the first sentence, they are caught. Like it's not, it's not even, <laughs> not even uh, fitting in at all. So they realize they're spies. And the first thing is, okay, so your king is kind of a coward. He doesn't send a delegation. He doesn't send... He doesn't bring his warriors to oh, fight. The spies are so cool. The spies are cool, but not lame spies who get yeah, found out immediately. So <laughs> not bad spies. Yeah. So just the idea, though. But it. But I, I think the story is in here also to not Cambyses down a level to mm. say he's not an honorable. Well, we already knew this, but he's not honorable. And there's also I don't know if this is what Herodotus is playing up, but there's a very famous story where um, Cyrus sends a spy into a land. And it ends up working not only great for the the store for like the army, but really great for the spy. Mm. Like the spy has kind of been dishonored back in the camp, and so um, Cyrus pretends he's like, "All right, we'll pretend that we got in a huge fight, and you're going to the enemy as like a defector." We'll actually get to that at the end of this. And then he goes to it, and then in fact, he's not a defector. He comes back, and he gives him all the great information, right. and he's got this like sweet wife. Um, uh, so it re- re- works really well for the spy. So maybe maybe they're just maybe Herodotus is thinking of that story, and he's wanting to show that the son is like we, we a do doofus. Actually, we, it's we, coming later. Yeah, we'll have a version of that story at the very oh, end. Interesting. Of this. Yeah. So, but tell me if it's the same one you're thinking okay. of. But this is for Cyrus, his dead dad. No. So this is, so there's a Cambyses story that actually it's a Darius story because Cambyses is oh, dead. Oh, so by maybe this it's point. like spoiler. Like Darius of the bookends, like yes. Darius being the good with well, Cambyses the, being yeah. the crap in the middle. In our even back in the Egypt episode, Herodotus is kind of feeding in some Darius stories yeah, that he yeah, knows yeah. this great king is coming. So, so yeah. yeah, so we get Cyrus as he's the great, and then Darius, um, I think, also might be called the great. So he's one of the. Is that the same Darius, like the same New Testament? I mean, Old Testament Darius, many many tekel, um, writing on the wall. I think so, especially because they're in. Similar because Cyrus is also in the Old Testament, but um, we'll come back to that. Yeah, Book of Daniel. So, yes, the answer is yes. Darius the Mede is a supposed king of Babylon mentioned in the Book of Daniel. Is reigning between, oh no, that can't be right because this is a uh, Darius the Mede must be an earlier one. Oh, because it says before Cyrus the Great. Oops, so sorry. No Bible points for Graham. 
sorry. Okay, so these spies are sent to, e to Ethiopia. They're immediately found out. And the Ethiopians are just like making fun of them of like, you all must be weak. You can't actually face us. They give the, um, they give crap spying bro. His, what? Crap spying bro. Spying? What did you say? Whatever. Okay. So Cambyses' <laughs> people, I have no idea what you're saying. Cambyses' people are given a giant bow by the Ethiopians. And the, and the Ethiopians say, everyone should watch this, this episode on YouTube. That's always the correct way to do this. And the Ethiopians you know, are just making fun of, uh, the people, Cambyses' people. And so they give them this bow, this giant bow. And they say, don't even bother coming back here until you have anyone in your army who can pull, who can draw this bow, who can pull this bull string, this, um, bow string back. And they all kind of pass it around and none of them can do it because I'm sure you all know this, but it, it requires a lot of upper body strength to even be able to pull back like a longbow string, right? There's a lot of force, that's required for that. And everyone is too weak to be able to do that. So that happens. They're brought to the Ethiopian king and the spies had brought these gifts with them. And so the, you know, the, the, he hands them off. And how do you think the Ethiopian king responds to all this stuff? Why are the spies bringing gifts? What's well, like kind of, I think they, I think the initial, is this after they found out, they're like, we got to smooth things over. Yeah, let's like, let's uh, head to the gift shop real fast. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, <laughs> it's stuff they brought with them. So it is like, Persian stuff, but do you want the, I have a pair of socks here. <laughs> well, that's actually, yes. Like this belt that I, I mean, my pants are a little saggy now, huh. but I have this belt. Yeah. Yes. So that's basically how the Ethiopian King like accepts these gifts. So there, I think, um, it's a purple cloak. What is it? There's a purple cloak. There's a wine and like a bracelet, I think. Oh, <laughs> the gold, the twisted necklace and the bracelets. Yeah. So those are plus wine is the other thing. And the Egyptian, pretty lame gifts for a king. That which is exactly what the Ethiopian king is responding with. He's like, all these things are super lame. Um, <laughs> so um, he, they show off this like purple cloak. Uh, he says that the, um, <laughs> he says the people are deceitful, and so are their cloaks. So he's just not even interested. And so then uh, he asked about the gold, the twisted uh, necklace, and the bracelets. They talk about you know, how difficult it is to make this jewelry. And the king burst out laughing. He had thought they were shackles. And he told them that among their people, shackles were stronger even than these like high-end bracelets that they were bringing. Um, 30 asked about the perfume. They brought perfume. Um, and they think it's disgusting. And they, <laughs> and they're just like, people like want to smell this way. It's just like not even interested in that. And apparently the only thing that the the Persians under Cambyses can do well is make wine. Oh, there you go. Yeah, because they like they get to the wine, they're like, okay, this is actually pretty good. But everything else is just utter trash. And the <laughs> Ethiopian king is just like, this is not even worth my time. Then they kind of start going back and forth because the Persians are really proud of their food. They're proud of how long their men live. And so they start, they're trying to brag about this. 38 years. <laughs> you would never believe it. Mm -hmm. So they... Uh, <laughs> so they talk about how they live, you know, the, the oldest among them live 80 years and they eat a lot of bread and the Ethiopian, and they're like bragging about this. And the Ethiopian king is like, are you even joking me? The oldest among us live 120 years and none of them eat any bread. So keto was really good. And there you go. yeah, that's right. good. That's the only scientific data point that I need. Anyway, just the, the, the Persians get just thrashed, which is like mocked endlessly by the Ethiopians. And, then Cambyses, so these the, the spies that are not very good spies get sent back to Cambyses. They send them back? Oh, 100%. They don't, That's like, so funny. Like, you guys are clearly spies. 
Just Here's get, have, have a dinner and then yeah, <laughs> see and they they get but they get to take the bow back. That's the important. That's one of the reasons that they're allowed to leave. Mm. But the other could is, the, did the Ethiopians show that they could draw the bow, or oh, did they just yeah, give them a prank yeah, bow? This is like the Ethiopian bow. Like this is the common issue thing. Oh, it's and, like standard yeah, Ethiopian. And none bow. of the Persians are able to pull it back, <laughs> and so oh, that's why they're like, don't even bother coming here until you can pull this back because we'll just kill you. And so the Persians are such not a threat to the Ethiopians that it's like go back to your king. I don't care. It's it's a great scene, so it's wonderful. That's just awesome. It is the whole what thing. A flex. Is, and they're and That's they're just so like good. laughing the whole time. It's just a really fun scene. So that happens, and so the the spies get sent back to Cambyses. And do you want to guess Cambyses' response to all this? Please tell me he tried to pull the bow and couldn't do it. He, oh, he tried please. to pull the bow and couldn't do it. Oh yes. Um, and then his brother could do it, but Cambyses couldn't. Mm. Um, and so he tries and sends. Um, <laughs> I bet he felt that that night. Like laying in his bed, he's like, dang <laughs> it, the David, it's stinking. But should have done more push-ups. Uh, and I think they, they don't say this early on, but I think part of the reason that they only sent a small delegation of or a small group of spies instead of the whole army is that it's like you know to go from um, Memphis to Ethiopia is a long distance. And so Cambyses hears about all this, he's like, you know, he's insulted. He's like, I'm going to go and kill the Ethiopians now. And so he sends fifty thousand people off after the to go to Ethiopia and they run out of food like two days into the, like they almost immediately run out of food. And so they're like eating grass. And I want to say they're eating the animals also. And it's just looking like things are about to turn really, really bad. And so thankfully, or I, you know, thankfully or not, but Cambyses turns around. So instead of his army totally being destroyed by this, they're just made very uncomfortable, but he doesn't get revenge against the Ethiopians. So, Basically, the Ethiopians win. It's great. The whole scene is great. Wait, why did he need revenge on them? What did they? Because they insulted do? him. Because he he sends his his group of spies. With, so he sent the spies, yeah. and they sent the spies back, not dead. And he took this as an insult. As, yes, because the, the spies had all these gifts with them that were supposed to win over the Ethiopians, and all of those got insulted. Also, I'm not saying it makes they, any sense. They didn't like my stupid stuff. Yes, exactly. That I only showed them once <laughs> they caught me as a spy. Yeah, it was not great. The whole thing is not great. So yeah, Cambyses is not the best. So I think you're getting at this of. There's what starts in the book, what starts in this section as Cambyses just seems kind of like, like a meathead or like a, like a warmonger evolves into, there's like something wrong with him that he's react, he's overreacting so much to these pretty small slights when you think about it. Again, in the first place, he's still got a, he's still got a beautiful wife, not the one he wanted, but that led to him killing a bunch of people here. He got his men back and they didn't, you know, the Ethiopians didn't wage war on the Persians. All they wanted was to be left alone. He's got a real self-confidence issue, it yes. seems like. Which then I think this third story kind of plays into that. I'm so into it. There, so this attack against the Ethiopians doesn't go very well at all. And so what happens next is that there is this appearance. I don't know if appearance is the right word, but essentially there is a, um, a cow that's born that bears the appearance of Apis, A-P-I-S. Do you all know the name Apis? Uh, yes, the guy looks like a cow. The guy that <laughs> you. Yeah, nailed it. Thanks. Um, the uh, I'm probably utterly butchering this, so please make fun of me in the comments. But Apis is a um, is a heifer deity in like Egyptian uh, in this like ancient Egyptian religion, and so there's a, there's like a, a specific looking cow that when it, which is a rare combination of features, and when that set of features when a cow is born with that set of features, it's called the birth of Apis. 
And that happens every, it's a rare occurrence. And when it happens, the entire city shuts down and it essentially kicks off festival season. Cool. And so, you're, you know, you're always kind of hoping for that, right? Yeah. So it's a big deal. Do you eat the cow? I don't know. No, you're not supposed to kill the cow. Oh. I, Does I, its milk have healing properties? Not that I know of. Are you kind of thinking about starting a side business? What's going on right now? Or just an offshoot of uh, Heliosacolytes of Love. We're, we'll What's her name could branch out from glassware and start like a healing <laughs> milk I like this business. We'll actually get to Helios later. Helios makes an appearance. Well, not Helios. Thanks. No one listening to this podcast know this, knows this, but people on YouTube do, that Graham has been wearing his Helios Acolytes of Love sweatshirt, yeah. which is available to anyone who supports us at the Helios Acolytes <laughs> of Love level on patreon.com slash classical stuff. started as a joke. <laughs> it's not a joke. It's great. Okay. So there is this appearance of this cow that, you know, is a imbo- or a incarnation, I guess, of this Egyptian heifer deity. And Cambyses is just confused as to why this is happening. From his perspective, the whole city suddenly shuts down. Everyone's just partying and he doesn't like it. So uh, Cambyses is asking, like, you know, tell me about this whole festival. Tell me about the appearance of this apis. Wait, what does it look like? I like, what is a, like what's the special characteristics of the cow? Apis is a calf born of a cow, which can then no longer conceive any more cows. Uh, the, uh, the Egyptians say that a beam of light from heaven possesses the cow, and as a result, she gives birth to Apis, who can be recognized by certain markings. Its body is black, but it bears a white square on its forehead Dang. and an image shaped like an eagle on its back. Oh, it has okay. double hairs on its tail and a beetle-shaped mark beneath its tongue. So it's a lot of oh, there's really a lot of things going things. on there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's like... And it only comes every once in a while. Yes. Can they breed the cows to get this? Is this they like do the breed the Quizach Hatterack of cows or something? <laughs> well, then, but they but, <laughs> nice Dune reference. Thanks, right? oh, that was thank good. You, good. Uh, but fears so, the mind killer. Fears the mind killer. What's the name of that game that they play? In? Is it in Dune where they have a little board game that they play? The one that you made a board for? No, that's oh, in uh, Name of the Wind. Name of the Wind. I'm sorry. What's yeah. the name of that game? Tack. 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 I was trying to remember that earlier. Oh, today. I forgot about Tack. Tack. It's a great game. Okay, so the, it's rare for Apis to appear, but when it does, it's a huge deal for the city. And Cambyses is mad about this mm. because they're not doing what he wants them to do. They're having their little silly festival. Don't go against the cow deity, man. It's not going to go well. People love their festivals. Stick with that. So Cambyses is like, oh, I would love to go see this Apis. Can you tell me where this is? And they're like, yeah, of course. Oh, is he going to kill Apis? Oh, no. Kills, the, kills oh, the Apis. So he stabs no. Apis in the leg, I think is where it starts, but kills the, you know, leg. the, the leg? incarnation of the Is he missing cow. that cow? I think he did miss <laughs> the, but the... But the him being stabbed in the leg matters later. Hmm. That's uh, just a huge disappointment. The priest led Apis to Cambyses. Oh, they actually brought Apis to Cambyses. And he, being somewhat insane, drew his dagger and struck it in the thigh, although he had aimed for its belly. Yeah, so he did miss. So he, he tried to kill it in one blow. Yeah, I know. AJ's trying to do the math on that one. It's not it's hard. Miss. Yeah. So Cambyses attacks and ultimately kills Apis. And this is a super... It's super bad that he did this, right? So both... He's... I don't know how else to say it other than like he killed their God. It's not actually their God. It's the appearance anyway, but doing this is a huge affront to the Egyptian people. It'll come back later. Mm. So at this point, Herodotus identifies that Cambyses is losing it mentally, that his kind of mental faculties are, are leaving him. And what then happens after this is that Cambyses has a dream that a herald comes to him, a messenger comes to him and tells him that Smertus, Smertus, has taken control of Persia, has taken control of the people that Cambyses is in charge of. Please tell me Smyrtus doesn't exist. <laughs> that would make it much better. Smyrtus does exist. Smyrtus okay. is his brother. Oh, the so, guy who drew the bow back. So I, I had made reference, but this is where we find out that all kind of all this happens at once. Smyrtus has this image. 
or I'm sorry, Cambyses has this vision. Smyrtus is pulling back the bowstring, showing himself as a capable military leader, like he's a strong guy and is like worthy to lead the people. And Cambyses does not like this mm. at all. So it's for the best, Cambyses. It's for the best. Just abdicate. Just step That down. would have worked out. He doesn't do that. Instead, Cambyses goes find. Well, actually, he doesn't kill Smyrtus. He sends one of his people, Prexaspes, to go and kill Smyrtus. The, you know, whatever. We, we, I feel like we go down the rabbit trail of names, but essentially, Cambyses has one of his people go and kill Smyrtus. The guy does it. Prexaspes does this. He goes and kills Smyrtus. And comes back. I know it's a bummer. And then comes back and. But you say, aw, what do we know about prophecies? Is he going to get out of this prophecy by having done that? Probably not. Because what's going to happen? Smyrtus is coming back from the dead? No, oh, that would be cool. He's going to be born as a cow. <laughs> I would like that even better. Hmm. Okay. So that, we'll, we'll, we'll find out in just a minute. So Smyrtus is killed by one of Cambyses' men. He also kills one of his sisters. And Herodotus says this weird thing where he's like, you know, um, uh, Cambyses killed one of his sisters. Also, he had married that sister. It's like an aside in the conversation. It's like, I feel like you would have led with that one, but there you go. Yeesh. Kill, yes, that is the correct response. The details probably don't super matter. He, there are a few stories of why Cambyses did this. Most of it boils down to Cambyses was goaded into it by this sister wife of his insulting him. Mm. And uh, there are different stories of how he was insulted, but it just comes down to the sister was mad about her brother being killed, Smyrtus, and so says something to Cambyses, and then Cambyses kills her because of that. So Cambyses is not set up as a good guy, just so I can say that. Okay. Uh, it's only an aside in here, but apparently Cambyses also has epilepsy. Which I didn't know this. Did you know that epilepsy is sometimes called the sacred disease? Have you heard that before? No. It's called the sacred disease. I, I had to look this up because it... It looked similar to the trance that the oracles would have. It's like the oracle at Delphi mm. before giving a proclamation. Like that is what it, the the receiving a vision would look like, would look like an epileptic seizure. So anyway, it's called the sacred disease. I learned something. Okay. So Cambyses is feeling pretty good for himself right now. He thinks he's killed the only person who could take his throne based on the prophecy from before. And Problem solved. Problem solved, and nothing bad is going to happen to him from now on, except it does. So Cambyses is just kind of chatting with his men, and he asks them, what kind of men, what kind of a man do the Persians think that I am? You know, what, how? Oh, that's a dangerous question, when you can't pull back the bow. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're a weakling, right, you wouldn't want to pose that question. Like, I've had all these failed campaigns. I just killed my brother and yep. my sister, and I couldn't pull back the bow. Forgot to how? give you food when you went down to <laughs> Ethiopia. Uh, how's everybody feeling about me at this point? <laughs> What's the, uh, yeah, thumbs up, thumbs down? <laughs> well, yeah. Check the polls. But even, like, just based on the stories I'm giving you, there's no way you could give a thumbs up. Like, Correct. Uh, yes, there's been some military success, but he as a man is not a good one. I mean, are those guys going to lie to him? I would I would have You would lie? That's totally what I'm asking. Lie. What would you say to him? I mean, the guy's oh. just stabbed a cow. He's a nutcase. I'd say, they think you're great, <laughs> you man. You're, you're killing it. Yeah, yeah, surely. They okay, like good. that you couldn't pull back answer. the bow. It shows dainty grace. So the dude who Cambyses sent out to kill his brother before, the guy's name is Prixospis, and Prixospis answers the question, my lord, they give you high praise in all things, which is a lie, <laughs> except they say that you are excessively fond of wine, which like, 
in the context of the story, seems like a fine thing to say. They haven't really brought up the wine stuff very I think they've mentioned it a few times. But this but. guy gets incensed about the weirdest things. Is he just going to get angry about the wine thing? Yes. And he kills Prixaspi's son because of oh, that response. His son? Yeah, so that's... Because, so, like, the people think you might drink a little bit, even though they generally love you? Yes. Oh, my gosh. And it's a terrible event. They He calls the son out, draws the bow, attacks him. Wait, is, he draws the bow? Not the bow, sorry. No, he, he, he shoots him with a different bow. He does say he drew bow. his bow, so Cambyses' okay. bow, which is not the Ethiopian the one. The sissy bow. Yeah. The sissy bow. And so kills him and then essentially is like, I can do whatever I want to. You don't get to tell me. You don't get to criticize me at all, which is great. It's a terrible, it's a horrible story. Jeez. Oh, man. man. Um, and then Cambyses kind of looks at Prixaspes and says, you know, what do you think about all this? And Prixaspes, observing that the man was indeed insane and fearing for himself, said, my lord, I do believe that not even God himself could shoot so well. Isn't that <laughs> terrible? He like totally breaks the guy. Oh my gosh. Man, so geez. that was the worst. F in the chat for Persia. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you have to, <laughs> we talk, we talk like people on Twitter all the time. I worry about us. You said chat already this episode. I'm really genuinely worried about us. <laughs> I don't know why it gets, Donaldson sometimes does this in class and it gets me every yeah. dang time. Do the kids hear it? Like, like, yeah. He says F in the chat for your thesis and I just lose it. <laughs> I lose it every dang time. It's it's, kids. For some reason, it uh, just gets me. The worst. Oh, my right. word. So, Kim uh, <laughs> Just has, try to make it relevant to the kids of today. You know, just thanks. try to bring yeah, them good. into the podcast. Appreciate that. Press F to hold, hold F to pay <laughs> respects. Is, is it press F? Hold it? I think it's press is F. It press? Okay. Oh, Please man. pay respects to this podcast <laughs> by supporting us on pay. Oh, sorry. Okay. So, that Cambyses does that. Croesus then speaks up. So Croesus is apparently still around, which is... Man, Croesus is still going, still trucking. That I mean, guy's got to be, be like 150 years yeah. old at this point. He doesn't have a tooth, tooth <laughs> in his face. <laughs> That's, he doesn't, yeah, anyway. Drinking only speak truth to power, this Croesus? He does, actually. I mean, at this him. point, like, what do what you do have you got, to lose? You got nothing to lose. Yeah. Um, what are you going to do, get burned on a pyre? Well... <laughs> Dodge that one. He's like, at least I'd be warm. That'd <laughs> 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 actually be great if he said something like that. Sire, do not yield to youthful temper and everything, but rather stop and restrain yourself. Surely prudence is a good and noble trait, and forethought is also wise, but you have killed your own citizens for no good reason at all, and you have also killed children. And he goes on from there. And oh, get him, Croesus. So Croesus has this great response, but actually Cambyses has a great response where he says, why should I listen to you? You're the reason my father died. Your advice is what led to mm-hmm. Cyrus invading this land that he shouldn't have invaded, and then he died. Why do I care what you think? That's a good point. It is a good point, actually. And then, is it ad hominem? Ad hominem? He's attacking... He's attacking something unrelated to his argument. Like maybe, anyway. So mm-hmm. it's it's both a good argument, but also not really a reason. He can both be right and have been wrong before. I don't know. The... It's it's true, but it's valid, it right? Is, like if, yes. if if you are posing as an advisor, yes. I'd be like, yeah, but you advised my dad straight to his grave. Yes. You ding dong. Yes. Uh, so that, Cambyses so does have a good response. He then right. takes it too far by then ordering the death of Croesus. And oh, man, <laughs> I know not, not really a surprise, but then the servants of Cambyses hide Croesus instead because they know that Cambyses is going to regret this one day. So they kind of, you know, hide him in a back hallway or whatever. And then later Cambyses actually changes his mind and says, I wish that Croesus were still alive. And so the servants are like, great news, Cam. Have, have I got some news have for I you? I got some great news for you. <laughs> oh, well, they're going to die because they disobeyed orders. He's actually orders. in the back. And, yeah. then Cambyses, and then Cambyses says, great, bring him out here. Also, all of you are dead Aww. for ignoring my orders. Yeah. So man. no one wins in this game. Oh, man. Croesus wins. Croesus <laughs> well, by still being alive, right? So that's not the best. So At that point, you probably just want to go. Like what? If you're 150 years old, it's Croesus. I don't, know. Oh, I, I don't know if he's actually that old oh. in the story. But it's, again, I already referenced before the... 
the Croesus Solon conversation never happened because they were so far apart in age. Mm-hmm. And you also get that sense here of like, there's no way Croesus is still an advisor to Maybe the Persians. They like had cloning. Yes, and this that's is, exactly it. Yeah, you know, like like, like Duncan Idaho. And, I was going to say in Dune. Dune. Yeah, so like yeah, he's, they keep he's on in every clone- book. Exactly. But it's not what? Him. Well, he's, you've never read the second book, so you no, don't know about this. Know they keep this. on cloning Duncan Idaho. Yeah, hmm. he's in. Yeah, I forget why though. Is he just he's a mentat? Isn't he? He's yeah. Cool. Oh, that must be why. Okay, and they just need his abilities. Okay, so that's okay. Where Duncan, I don't know. So Creases is still. I don't know what you just said. Was it a joke? Was it good? I said Duncan. I don't know. Oh, stop! No, I hate everything. Okay. <laughs> um, gosh, we're at forty-eight minutes. Sorry. No, it's okay. So well, it's either like. I mean, people either don't like the rambling. Never mind. We're not whatever. rambling. Am I rambling? No, I'm it's rambling. it's it's it's. We get the two comments of, oh, AJ and and Graham interrupt Thomas, let him talk, and then we get comments of, Thomas is rambling. Why would you say that? The one com- the one that I got uh, <laughs> accused of rambling is where I was rambling oh. about my Dante episode, where the the. This is all on a side, even though I have no time to go through my content. Thanks, Graham. So my Dante episodes that I did by myself, I am rambling, and we mm. took them down because of that. Oh, okay. The thing I love, love, hate right now is all the people asking for Graham to do more history while I'm in the middle of my history series. That's the one that makes me laugh every single time I get it. Everyone's like, oh, Graham should do more history, and no one has been like, hey, Thomas, when are you going to do the Herodotus That's because they know Herodotus is coming. That's not why. They know. They, no, they, they know you would do a better, Herodotus is coming. It's because they want you to do Herodotus. I'm just I trying to be Herodotus. all up on this. Like, I'm, I'm really enjoying this story, and that's why I'm diving okay. in, is because I'm, I'm, like, I'm into it. So I'll try and get through. I always, this happens every single time. That's why I split the first book into two episodes, but I don't want to do 20 episodes on Herodotus, no matter how much I find this interesting. Okay, so we've tracked Cambyses with the Persians, and Herodotus goes on kind of a long aside. I'm going to cut out most of the details just for time, but Herodotus does this thing again where he talks about who the next opponent of Cambyses is going to be, and that person is Polycrates. Wait, that's what we agreed to say. So Polycrates lives on the island of um, Samos, S-A-M-O-S, which is, you can still look it up on the map. It's an island just off the coast of Turkey. And Polycrates was close with the, the leaders in Egypt before Cambyses came in and kicked tail. And there's this weird thing with Polycrates where he's really, really lucky. So the first sign of his luck is that with really small armies, he's able to overtake really big armies. And he does this over and over again and builds up kind of an empire for him. Or, I take that. What's that? I take that superpower. Yeah. Better be lucky than good. Well, it's interesting because the Egyptian king is in is looking at Polycrates and thinking there's no way he's only going to get luck there's no way he's only going to get good things and so the the um, Egyptian king's advice is hey you should find something really dear to you and throw it away you need to bring bad luck into your life or else the gods will meet it out later and it's going to be even worse so it's kind of you can't have too much of a good thing Hmm. it makes me think of or we have episodes long ago on um, fortune Mm -hmm. the idea of fortune that fortune is is a cycle and that you can't only have good things. You have to have bad things too. Okay. So Polycrates decides, okay, I'm going to do this. He takes this signet ring made by this master artisan. It's been in his family for a long time, takes it and throws it into the sea. And you would think rings coming back somehow. Oh man. Signet ring. That's a bad idea. That's like, that's like, I'm going to take my social security number and just post it online. Exactly. (laughs) And I hope (laughs) it's really important to me. But that was part of the point is that it had to be something so important to him that he would really grieve losing it. But like break your Xbox or something. Signet ring. I'll call him up and let him know. So he he throws it in the, into the ocean and thinks this is the end of it. 
next story, a fisherman is out one day and he catches the biggest fish he's ever caught in his life. And he's, he catches the fish and he loves his king. And so he, he's like, I'm going to go take this to, Pol- to Polycrates oh, man. as like, an, you know, to give honor to him. They take it in. Polycrates is honored, accepts the fish. They go to, they go to cook it. They open it up. And of course, in the stomach of the fish signet is ring. a signet ring. So the signet, so his good luck even goes to this where he's trying to bring bad luck into his well, life. Can't get out of it. And at this point, the Egyptian king is like, we need to cut ties. I don't want to be a part of whatever horrible fate is going to befall you later. Um, there's more that goes into it. I won't, I won't, uh, maybe I'll do it in the in-between, but that then brings us back to Cambyses. So, um, Cambyses is, um, hanging out in Memphis and he is remembering the prophecy about Smyrtus that, um, Smyrtus, that there's going to be this announcement that Smyrtus is on the throne and lo and behold, he's sitting there in Memphis. He gets an announcement that Smyrtus has now taken the throne and is trying to usurp him. But Smyrtus is dead. Smyrtus is dead. There's actually another Smyrtus. Mm. And this Smyrtus is a Magi. And the Magi are, they're both a tribe within the Persian Empire that um, Cyrus brought together originally. It's also like a religious group of people. But there's this guy, Smyrtus. He's um, not actually of royal lineage. He's more of like a religious figure. But he is trying to, he's put in control of a town by Cambyses, he then chooses, he then revolts and tries to take control over the whole thing. And Cambyses hears this and realizes things are about to go bad. He's, he stands up and tries to kind of, you know, get into action mode, stands up and he kind of slips, knocks into a table, knocks over a knife, and he's wounded in the leg at the exact same place where he had wounded Apis. Cow God getting vengeance. Cow God got vengeance. And Cambyses looks at this wound and like, it's a, it's a wound in the thigh. Like you wouldn't think it's not like through the heart or anything, but he looks at it and he tells everyone around him, I'm going to die. This is the end of my lineage. And sure enough, it um, festers and gets infected and he dies from this wound. Ultimately Uh, he, so he dies and to the Persians, what they're told is that Smyrtus, the brother of Cambyses is now in charge of Persia. Right. Which would make sense, right. In terms of who, takes over afterwards, it would be the brother. But a few of the kind of elite members of Persian society kind of start to suspect that something isn't quite right. A story that I won't go into details of, one of those higher-up Persians sends his, or one of the higher-up Persians, his daughter is a wife of previously Cambyses, but now Smyrtus, and they, and he asks his daughter to make sure, is this actually the brother of Cambyses? And Smyrtus the Magi has this weird feature about him that the details aren't gone into here, but he had previously been punished for something by Cambyses. And the punishment was that his ears were cut off. And so the daughter, one of the wives, they spend the night together. And then afterwards, her job is to feel for an ear. And sure enough, he doesn't have an ear. He couldn't wear his reading glasses, poor guy. <laughs> it's exactly right. The poor guy. Just huh? Wondered. What'd you say? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the daughter confirms that this is not the real Smyrtus. And this kicks off a, is coup? I don't know what the word, like it kicks off. Like, civil war. Well, no, because it's oh. not publicized because they don't want to throw things into civil war. So that's probably well, a coup. A coup. Yeah. There are seven members of Persian society who come together to take over this usurper, this person who shouldn't actually be sitting on the throne. And they hatch this plot. There's this tension of whether they should push for killing the guy right now or waiting to gather more support. 
And the guy who champions going forward with the killing immediately is Darius, who will eventually become the next king. And there are lots of times where he has to do this, but the seven of them run after, or they essentially kick off this coup attempt almost immediately as soon as they find out that the fake Smyrtus is in control. Skipping all the details, they bust down the door, lots of sword fighting. It's actually kind of a really exciting part. Uh, Darius, was um, one of the conspirators, is fighting with the Magi. They're, they're locked arm in arm. Darius is there with a dagger trying to stab the Magi, and he's being hesitant because he's worried about stabbing his friend, who's one of the people, you know, it's one of his friends, one of the conspirators, and he doesn't want to stab him. And the guy says, kill him now. This is our one chance to do it. Darius goes for it. He pulls it off, doesn't kill his friend, which is great. Nice. Kills Smyrtus and Smyrtus' brother, who was also a Magi. Not important. Something finally went right. I feel like stuff's been going pretty wrong for, for a long time. Quite a long time. Yeah. So this liberates the Persians from this control by um, a Magi. Get him Darius. Yes, exactly. So instead of it, it's I say liberate. It's, it's Why just were the Magi so bad? Because he, sh- he wasn't supposed to be the next person in oh, line okay. is the real answer for he it. He could have turned out to be a great king. Yeah. The part I want, I should have prepared for this. Because I w- couldn't hear your complaints, though. What? He couldn't hear. What oh, he because he had no ears. Yeah. There's something too, also that the Magi are Medes, and I th- mm. thought Cyrus had liberated them gotcha. in the first place. I'm getting my details wrong. I'm sure. So there's like a cultural yes difference there. Again, Cyrus's army was made up of many different tribes and people group coming together, and then um, Cambyses is um, anyway. So that it matters that this Magi was a Mede as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. This is super exciting. A lot of really good um, action happens here. These seven people then have to figure out who is going to be the next king, or they would need to figure out what to do with the government is actually more specific. They eventually have this argument about, should this be a democracy? Should this be an oligarchy? Should this be a monarchy? And maybe I'll go into that in the in-between because we don't have time right now. But Darius wins this debate by putting forth that a monarchy, that it should still be ruled by one person. Hmm. His argument boils, it's this interesting argument of, you know, what was our society saved by in this instance? Were we saved by a mass uprising? Were we saved by all of an upper class coming together? Or were we saved by one person killing the Magi? Him, right? He's, he's saying, I'm the one who saved these people. And that's his argument for why they should be. Uh, the cow god vengeance, that's what you were saying. That's by. actually the real reason, which I think is totally fair. So all this stuff is super exciting. Then there's a bunch of really boring stuff about how much tribute gets paid to Darius now that he's king, and it's super boring. But after that, we How much pay, tribute? Lots? A lot of money. He gets a lot of money. And we kind of, you get the sense that Darius is going to be the next great king, right? Okay, so... If I'd kill the cow god, you know what, who I'd fear? Who? The Kurds. Aren't oh, they, are they people group? Yes. Yeah. Why? You know... Like milk curd? I know. I got the milk mm. curd thing. That's, it's a pun. Yeah, mm. good. Thanks. It's just, a, that's all it Thanks. was. Great. Yeah. Okay. So we are. It's top class. It was okay. So we now have Darius in charge. We now have a monarchy established in Persia. There are other story. Ah, I'm going to end with this one. So Darius takes over. Yeah, we have time. This is fine. So Darius takes over. And as is, as is normal, some of the. Uh, people under his command want to revolt. This is the story I referenced, I I would say earlier, Graham. So one of the groups that revolts and wants to separate from now Darius's empire is Babylon. So Babylon has prepared for a siege. They've been gathering. So while all this stuff with the Persians was going on about Cambyses dying, Smyrtus taking over, 
all the kind of intrigue stuff of Smyrtus, of Smyrtus the Magi being killed. The Babylonians are gathering food and water to be able to withstand a long siege. So they, so they do that. And then they, I don't know how this really works, but essentially they announce that they are leaving the empire of Darius. They're leaving the Persian empire. And so Darius can't allow this to happen. So he goes to Babylon and he enacts the siege. So he surrounds their walls and won't let food get in. But the Babylonians don't care because they had prepared for literally this to happen. So this goes on, I think, for 19 months, I think 19 or 20 months. And it's looking like this is going to end in a, a failure for Darius, like his first failure. And there, as there always is, there's a prophecy off the bat that says that Darius is not going to have any, he's not going to get into Babylon until a mule gives birth. That's the, the prophecy. Y'all know anything about mules? Can't give birth. They can't give birth. That's like a thing they can't do. Well, lo and behold, a mule gives birth. So the, the person oh, who's... Right. No, <laughs> I'm glad I could resolve that one for you like that. So a mule gives birth, and the, the owner of the mule is a guy named Zopirus. And Zopirus is one of, again, these elite um, Persians. He's, he's, a, he's a close friend of Darius. And Zopirus sees this, and he tells everyone else who sees it not to bring this to the king. And he says that he knows that this is a sign that he needs to be the one to bring about the end of the Babylonian siege. So he sees this cow get born, and he or this mule get born, get born. And so he decides he comes up with this plan, and his plan is to um, attack himself. His plan is to mutilate himself to look like he's been beaten up savagely by Darius. I think he cuts off his ears. I think he cuts off his nose cuts himself all over, whips himself, makes it look like he really got beaten up. And then he goes, is this the same story that you were thinking of, Graham? Uh, no. Okay. I mean, he doesn't, no. Oh, okay. So he, so he does all this to himself, and then he goes to Darius. Darius says, who did this to you? I will kill them. Tell me who it was. And Zopirus says, I did this to myself because I'm going to pretend to defect from the Persian army. I'm going to go to the Babylonians. I'm going to win them over to let me lead some of their troops, but I'm going to do it slowly. I'm only going to get in charge of a small contingent at first, then a larger and a larger and a larger. And to make this work, Darius, you need to send a small army of your worst soldiers to this gate on this day. And then three days later, a larger army to this gate and then a larger army over here. And then a month from now, send your entire army and we'll resolve all this. And that's, that's what he does. Zopirus goes over, the Babylonians believe him. He takes over a small contingent and he slaughters Darius's men. The you know Darius sends a small contingent of his worst soldiers, and Zopirus is able to kill them all. And the Babylonians believe him, give him more and more control until he's essentially running their army operations. And at this point, Darius sends his final uh, army to attack. They surround the entire wall, and Zopirus betrays them, opens up the gates, and the Persians infiltrate Babylon and take it over completely. And there's a lot of stuff about tons of people die and, you know, a bunch of stuff happens. But Zopirus then gets praised as the second greatest Persian after Cyrus. Cyrus is the one who liberated them in the first place. And Zopirus is the one who ended the unwinnable siege. Cool. All right. I'll have more stuff to go into in the in-between because we had to skip over some of the fun stuff. I didn't get to wrap up the Polycrates story, so apologies. But we'll do that in the in-between. Anyway, that's book three. Uh, it's much more exciting than book two. And we get to go into Darius, more of Darius's story in book four. Man, ear. that was a hoot. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was really cool. A lot of ear cutting off. 
a lot of you are cutting off t- two times more than yeah, most yeah. of our <laughs> other episodes. That's a great I mean, point. There's, there's no anesthetic back then. Like, yeah, you're feeling all of it. And, and if you're doing it to yourself, I feel like after part of the ear, I'd be like, you know what? I don't like this plan anymore. I'm Or just one ear. Just be like, I just need to do one. I mean... He did his ears and his nose and... He was committed to it, which is also... A commitment. Yeah. And Dar- there's a thing at the very end that says Darius was super thankful that Zapiris did this, but always said he wished that Zapiris had, um, could still be as beautiful as he once was, apparently. He was, anyway, it's like a, oh. he regrets that his friend had to do this, but still praises him. Yeah. So, well, you guys, I just want you to know that I, I would cut my ears off. You should not if, do that. If please I had to liberate please. a city that you guys were besieging. I I, I've, I've been thinking about going after Dripping Springs. I don't like what, <laughs> what are we going to do. Let's get it. Okay. Well, this has been Classical Stuff You Should Know with Graham, Thomas, and AJ. Uh, thanks for listening. You can email us at theguys at classicalstuff.net. You can find us on Twitter at, under Classical Stuff, C-L-S-S-C-A-L Stuff. You can find all of our episodes on classicalstuff.net. We have a Patreon where you can support us, listen to in-between episodes, and there's all sorts of tiers um, that you can subscribe to with a bunch of different cool things. Um, and uh, we thanks you, thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you next week. Bye, Joe. Bye. Bye.